We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Continue our series here with Chad Buchanan, and now we're getting into the fun stuff, the off-season moves that the Pacers made. Fachi, this was a lot of fun. Oh, man, it really was, because this was a really eventful off-season. I just feel like some of the trades, the signings that the Pacers pulled off, I mean, just really has the fan base excited about this upcoming season. And this is one of the, the awesome parts of being able to talk, talk to Chad after these signings, which last time we spoke about them was more of like reflecting on the past season. Now we can talk about what to look forward to mm-hmm. for next season. Yeah, we get some clarity on what's going to happen with that starting power four position, even maybe the starting two mm-hmm. position. We we do for sure know about, you know, Miles probably going to be the starting five and Halliburton being the one, but Chad kind of gives us some clarity there on what could be uh the the starting lineup going into the the season we also talk about tyrese halliburton's max max extension team usa bruce brown signing trading chris duarte and then i even asked him about free agency and how that's going to look moving forward with the new cba and and kind of discussing how difficult it is to see the big names in free agency anymore and so he did a great job talking about that so this one was really loaded with a lot of you know move stuff transactional stuff that happened and i thought this was a very fun conversation oh it really was and i was so excited to ask him about obi top and i had to throw in there did it have anything to do with the hurting that obi top and gave us at the end of the season <laughs> chad answers that and just so much more that man just hearing him talk, talk about what went into those moves makes me wishing pacer basketball was not so far away from right now 
Yeah, and it's like we're in the beginning of August where you have basically two and a half months before the regular season's here, but we'll get our schedule released soon. We'll get to see some preseason action. We'll get to hear some stuff in training camp before you know it. But, you know, this was just a great conversation to have because whenever you get the front office on to talk about the moves they made, it just makes it a little bit easier to understand why they did it. So let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll jump into that conversation with Chad Buchanan on the offseason moves. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, I want to transition now to the free agency period because the first deal that we heard reported was from Sham Sharania that Chris Duarte had been dealt to Sacramento. You know, we were hanging on the edge of our seat for about a week trying to find out the details of that trade because we weren't sure what was going down, but we knew that maybe he was on the move to Sacramento. But I'm curious, what was the reasoning behind moving Duarte to Sacramento and how did he receive the news that he was going to be dealt? But to back up to your question about the delay and, you know, details on that, sometimes teams will agree to a deal early in free agency and they want to leave the window open for making a bigger deal four or five, six, seven, eight days down the road because, you know, deals that sometimes start off as two teams become a three-team trade or a five-team trade as you start to loop in different pieces and so that's why I think, you know, there was a delay and probably information getting out on that that decision for, for moving Chris. But I think as, the reason for that is, as we looked at our roster, um, we started with the drafting of, of Ben. You know, obviously we have Andrew, TJ, Buddy, you know, we, we, were, we signed Bruce Brown. You got Benedict Matherman. You're probably going to move Aaron Neesmith at three. We just started to get really crowded 
at the wing spot. And so we wanted to give, you know, him an opportunity out of respect to him to have a, a better, you know, platform to play somewhere. And Sacramento has, has shown interest in the past in Chris and continue to show interest at the draft. And, and ultimately, as we looked at our roster, you know, you, you just can't play 15 guys. And, and, you know, Chris was obviously showed that when he's healthy, he's a, he's a good player. And uh, we ultimately decided, hey, we want to clear up the log jam a little bit at the wing position. And, you know, that's why we ended up moving Chris. And Chris was, when we communicated to him, we were in touch with his agent all along that this was a possibility. So it was, he was not caught off guard by it because um, we communicated that ahead of time. And he was respectful. He appreciated his time with the Pacers and he understood the reason for the move. And his agent helped communicate that as well all along. So I think it was, you know, Chris is just, he's a great man and um, we wish him the best. And he's, I think he sees good opportunity. He gets to play with Domas again. They had good sim, sim, uh, synergy together and hopefully he plays well for them in, in Sacramento. I think there there isn't going to be a Pacer fan out there that's not going to be rooting for Chris Duarte moving forward. We're all excited for him. And yeah, gives him a, a bigger opportunity. But in the process, you pick up two second round picks the Duarte deal, and then use those or use two other second round picks to acquire Obi Toppin. It feels like for about two years now, I've been hoping the Pacers would make a call for Obi Toppin. How long has the front office coveted Obi Toppin? And what is it about his game that you like best? But I also got to know this At the end of the season, Obi Toppin played some of his best basketball against the Pacers. Was there ever a moment? Were you KP or anyone thinking, I think we got a place to call this offseason? He definitely uh, put a hurting on us many a nights <laughs> over the last <laughs> um, But I think he's a guy, along with some other young fours that we've been tracking for a couple of years because it's been a hole in our roster. And, you know, those guys are very, very difficult to acquire. And I think, you know, the, the situation came up, you know, that with OB, with his situation with New York and, opportunity there maybe wasn't what he had hoped and um you know we could provide a, a good opportunity for him so i think it was a cooperation you know with all parties of trying to find you know a fair deal to get him to a place where he had a good opportunity to play and maybe grow and blossom a little bit and um he's obviously a guy that's you know very high draft pick and has been with a very good team in new york they're an excellent team this year and um you know i think he's he's hoping for more of an opportunity more of a role and He's going to have the opportunity to to earn that with us this year, and I think we're should have a very very competitive training camp overall. But the the power forward spot is you know pretty wide open. I think always you know got a great chance to secure some minutes there and show us what he can do. Yeah, and that was going to be my next question: is you look at drafting Jairus Walker eighth overall, then you go trade for Obi Toppin. Based on what we saw last year with Benedict Mathern coming off the bench, even though he was a six overall pick, I think. Some people are speculating that Jairus Walker will be coming off the bench and Obi will be uh, starting, but I'm curious, is there um, expectations for who's going to start at the four, or is that something that's going to be, like you said, a training camp battle and those guys are going to have to earn those minutes? I think it's a training camp battle. I don't think we we haven't promised anybody any starting position. I think there's probably a, a decent chance that Tyrese starts for us, um, <laughs> and probably Miles will have a chance to start, but... You know, other than that, it's, it's going to be a very competitive camp, and we want that. We want, you know, guys to earn their playing time and earn their minutes, earn their starting roles, and I think you're going to see a lot of competition at really every position. You know, I think we're 
we're a team that has a star in Tyrese. And we got a lot of other guys that could maybe be blossom into one. You know, I think we have one for sure. And hopefully that we can have one or two or however many others turn into that. But they may not, too. You know, mm -hmm. we don't know. But we have a lot of guys with that potential to take another leap. And really all across the board, almost every position we have that. So it's training camp should be very, very intense. A lot of guys trying to prove that they belong. I mean, you know, at the power forward position, Jordan Awara has an immense amount of offensive talent. And yeah. he's had a great summer. He's in great shape. He's been – he was in Vegas longer than any other of our players who were not playing in the summer league, supported our his, his teammates, and he's had a great summer as well. So Jarris and Obi and Jordan, those, those guys are going to be going at each other for, for training camp. And you need everybody at the end of the day. For 82 games, you need 15 guys. At some point – Everybody's name gets called, and um, we just didn't have enough of those six, seven, six, eight guys on our roster. And we, the more of those you can get, the more versatile you have, you know, versatility you have of those types of players, the better off you're going to be in the modern NBA. I cannot wait for the competition because competition brings out the best in everybody, and I just feel like the Pacers are deeper at each position than in recent memory. But, you know, you talk about wanting to address defense earlier. One of the players that you do that with – your first signing of the offseason, off you come to an agreement with Bruce Brown. What made him the number one target for the Pacers? And maybe what was the reasoning behind the two-year deal with a team option for year two? Because I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Well, Bruce had a lot of suitors. I mean, he's coming off a, you know, a championship run where he was a big part of that team in Denver and you know, showed that he can adapt to really <clears throat> any role he's in. You know, he shoot, he was almost he was playing some power forward in Brooklyn and in Denver. He's playing some point guard at times. He's, he's, he can play just all over the floor. He can guard different positions. He can play different positions offensively. So what team wouldn't want a guy like that? He's in, entering the prime of his career. Um, he's durable. He's a winner. Um, and so there was a, a big market for him, as you can imagine. But the thing that attracted us most of him before I talk about his contract is the fact that this guy, he's a winner. And he's coming off a championship run. He's shown that he can defend a lot of different types of players, which go back to the defensive emphasis of our, you know, our personnel decisions. And we just saw a guy that would fit really well with, with what we had. You know, I think him and Tyrese are a nice balance because, you know, if we're playing a, a team that's got a, a good backcourt player and the other guys maybe more of a role player, we can put Tyrese on the role player and Ben can guard or Bruce can guard the the other team's best backcourt player. So it takes some heat off of Tyrese defensively in the backcourt and just his ability to, to provide some toughness and grit uh, and winning qualities was what really attracted us him as a player. And the contract situation, like I go back to, he had a lot of opportunities with other teams that maybe didn't have the ability to offer anything more than a certain contract where we had, you know, a lot of cap room to spend. We had to get the salary floor and the new CBA rules. That's, you know, there's some, you know, not penalties, but there's some things that can you, you lose out on by not getting in the salary floor. And so we felt, hey, here's a guy. We didn't see anybody else in free agency that we wanted to, you know, we felt was the fit for what we were looking for um, that we wanted to spend money on. So we said, hey, let's go you know, above probably, you know, a little higher number than his market might be um, and see if he'll take, you know, maybe a shorter term deal with a bigger, bigger number. And he was open to it. He spoke with Tyrese once free agency started and um, they hit it off, I think, in their conversation and just seemed like a good fit. And um, 
I think he's he's going to bring a lo- an element to our team that maybe we lacked a little bit last year with with the grit and the defensive mindset and just the you know the kind of the, the, the bulldog mentality that, that we were kind of missing last year at times. Yeah, I've always been. A, be, go ahead, Fotch. Yeah, sorry. I was going to say. I think it might have been safe to say that he might have been the most coveted free agent in this class due to the amount of teams that could have been involved. Like compared to maybe a max player, where you know you're only going to have you know two offers. It felt like just about every team wanted Bruce Brown, and the Pacers were in that spot to be able to outbid those teams. So you know, I thought that was uh, that was an awesome signing by being able to utilize the flexibility that we had. Yeah, he was a type of guy, like I said, any team could fit him into their their roster. He's not a guy who can only fit with this style of play or this style of, you know, backcourt teammate or this coach. I mean, all 30 teams can look at Bruce Brown and say, I could use that guy. Like, I could see him helping our team, and um, I, hopefully he's he helps us next year. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does with this team. I think that he's a seamless fit, and he wants to play fast, too. It'll be a little bit different than what Denver did, but – uh, I'm just glad that we have someone that likes country music, you know, the cowboy hats and all that stuff. It's going to be a different dynamic than what we're used to. But, you know, we talk about Bruce Brown being a, a highly coveted free agent, but I was listening to JJ Reddick's latest podcast and they were talking about how free agency has just kind of lost, like it's kind of lost some of those star players in it because of how things are structured. And now you're seeing a lot of players ink those long-term deals with their current team, but then asking for a trade. I'm I'm kind of curious from your perspective as a general manager, how difficult is it to, you know, approach free agency knowing that the the bigger names out there, even if you have the money to go and get them, it, it, they're, they're not really leaving and entering free agency like they once were. So I'm just kind of curious from your perspective, how do you guys approach that knowing that the star players aren't always there and you haven't really been a, a team that's had a lot of cap space before, but the last couple of years you have been operating with that. So just curious what the benefits of having cap space versus not having cap space and that kind of thing. I think even moving forward, there'll be, there's a good chance there's even less high level free agents on the market because of the new, you know, loosen, you know, restrictions on extensions for, for players. And I think you're seeing a lot of guys just, Hey, take the sure thing. Hey, I've got an offer an extension. Uh, I've got to take it. I don't want to risk going into the off season. You know, there's injury risk, there's drop of play risk, whatever it might be. Um, so I think we've, we've tried to adapt to that. And, you know, when we do have cap room, if it's not a free agent, we're trying to, to, to maximize with maybe a trade and trying to find, you know, can we use our cap room to get a, you know, undervalued player in a trade, or can we get a pick in a trade? Um, and that's just, we're just never going to be a team that probably a top level free agent that does come on the market is going to be targeting us right now. Anyways, mm-hmm. now I think there's potential that if, if you put in place a team that looks like, Hey, that team is going somewhere. They're one player away that they need this particular position, which is that maybe that star player's position. And I know this player on the team. I've played with this guy in the summer. I've played with him in USA basketball. I've, I've played for Coach Carlisle, whatever it might be, and there's some sort of connection. I wouldn't say it's impossible that a high-level free agent could choose a small market if they feel like the opportunity is there to, to win a championship because that's what those high-level free agents, they're championship-caliber players, and they're trying to find the best opportunity to win a championship. And if they see opportunity, whether it's in 
Miami or if it's in Anchorage, Alaska, I mean, they're going to go where there's a chance to win a ring. And so it's our job to try to put the situation in place where if a free agent does come on the market, that we look attractive enough for them to consider us. But in the meantime, we've got to draft well, we've got to trade well, and we've got to develop well. I mean, those are the three things we talk about all the time, you know, from our roster standpoint. Those are the three things that we've got to be great at because that's that's where we build a, a team that's, you know, going to be successful. And it's, it doesn't happen overnight. It's going to take some time. We're trying to take the next step, you know, next year. But um, we feel like we're on a good path. We just can't just sit there. you got to keep moving. you got to try to keep continuing to grow and improve. And we talked about a few moves, some real big moves. But the biggest move of the offseason was extending Tyrese Halliburton. It was a move that last time when he came on here, we said, please, Chad, do whatever you got to do. Get the deal done. But how special is it to have Tyrese on and off the floor? And what are your expectations for him in this new role as the face of the franchise? Because we wondered, could he be a leader last year? Oh, he led. He took the step forward. He became an all-star. You know, what do you expect next, you know, for Tyrese in that role as now you are a max player for this team? Yeah, it's funny. KP and I were just talking today about Tyrese and his future and, you know, different things involving his future and his growth with us. And I think the one thing you can go back to with Tyrese when you talk about off the floor, on the floor, just the core of him as a human being is it goes back to his mom and dad. And he's just got such a phenomenal base of morals and character and education and just a genuine, you know, caring factor to him for other people. And that's his mom and dad are like, two of the most special parents I've met in my time in the NBA. And um, I feel like they're the type of, you know, people that you'd want your kids to be around. You'd want Tyrese to coach your son or your daughter. You, you know, when Maddie grows up, you'd want Tyrese, you'd want Maddie in Tyrese's AU program because you're like, that guy's yeah, setting a great example for all, for all the, for all the girls. And I mean, and all the boys that he's around. And so when you have that foundation to work with, whether you're an athlete or you're a businessman or you're a, you know, a father or you're, a, you know, whatever you are, when you have that foundation, you have the potential to, to be very good and very special at what you're doing and, and building something around him. So, you know, our expectations for Tyrese is this is, you know, a team that's built around his, you know, his character and his talent and his ability. And we've got to put pieces around him that help him thrive. And he's the type of guy, I think you could put you, Alex, and me out there and we could go play four and four and, all, three of us are going to look like twice the player we probably are just because he's the one making us look good. So that's a very special quality for a player to have and to have, you know, a young guy, you know, in the fold for us moving forward. I mean, he's, he's just really changed so much of this organization and so much of our outlook. And, you know, we've got some players around him that, you know, he makes better every day and he makes our coaches better every day. And, um, we just got to, you know, help him, you know, continue to develop as a leader and as a player. Hey, Chad, I still got a little bit left in the tank, and I know Tyrese can get it out of me. I know he could. So I, I trust him. But, you know, what did it truly mean to you guys, the fan base, everybody, to be able to ink Tyrese that five-year extension, knowing he's going to be here long-term, the cornerstone of this team? Because Pacer fans, you know, we were holding our breath a little bit over the last few years, you know, hey, who's going to be our guy long-term? Having Tyrese here, I mean, I, I told Alex, we talked about it. I think it was one of the biggest days in franchise history, getting that deal done. Do you disagree in any way? 
I mean, I've, this will be my seventh season. That's by far the biggest, you know, decision and thing that we've done uh, since I've been an Indiana Pacer. And it's probably the favorite thing that I've done since I've been here is being able to to reward somebody like that with that type of, you know, responsibility and contract. And um, I think it's something we've got to continue as a team, as a front office, as a staff to build around him appropriately. You know, we can't just say, hey, we got Terry locked up. Let's go, let's go sit on the beach for the next three years. You know, I, that's just, that's the core, one of our core pieces locked up. We got to continue to add to him. And um, we can't be content with, hey, we have one star level player here and we're good and we're going to be competitive. And that's, that's not what our ownership wants. That's not what our front office wants, not what our staff wants, not what our fans want. So we, we've got to continue to, like I said, make steps, continue to climb the ladder. Um, but being able to, you know, I think us as a front office and from ownership to be able to reward somebody with that type of character and family and what they're about, it just is, it felt really good. And I think everybody involved with that decision, you know, Tyrese from the day he got here, embraced the community, embraced the Pacers, embraced his coaching staff, his teammates, he's all in. And he's 10 toes in with us. We're 10 toes in with him. And I think we, it's on both of us, both sides, to have a partnership moving forward that we can continue to, to be in that that same, same realm. Yeah, I'll say that press conference when he was talking about his family and just like what it means to be here long term. I, I won't lie, as a longtime fan of this team, I did get a little teary-eyed, just like, man, it feels good to finally have someone that feels like they're in your corner and fighting for the state of Indiana to be that guy. So it is pretty awesome. And he's got a great opportunity this summer with Team USA. I'm curious your guys' thoughts on uh, what you're hoping that Tyrese gets from this experience with Team USA. And do you think it'll have any impact on how he approaches this upcoming season? Yeah, I was just telling him the other day for, you know, he left, you know, to, to, to go to Las Vegas to get started with camp and, you know, to be yourself. You know, you're a, you're a natural leader. You're a natural playmaker. You're a naturally optimistic and positive person. I'm like, go there and be yourself. You know, be, be who Tyrese is. Don't try to fit in with the others. You know, put your imprint on that team and, you know, set yourself up for a long run with your future with USA basketball because – you know, he's got a special opportunity. A lot of those guys, almost all those guys on that team that are playing this summer are kind of part of the, hopefully the next wave of USA, you know, basketball core pieces. So I, I think he'll he'll take away a lot of good things from it. He, I think he'll find that the FIBA game is very, very physical, which will help, help his development and growth. Um, it's a very, very high IQ ball movement Um you know, it's kind of a little slower pace. Lots of teams will play a little slower pace. So you got to kind of adjust. It's a different game than the NBA game. And I think I've seen so many examples of players that are good NBA players. They go play with USA basketball for an off season. They come back and they make a big jump with their NBA season because of that experience. And I, I think Tyrese has the chance to do that. I mean, he made a big jump last year. And I think there's a lot more elements to his game that can come out and this this experience playing with these players, these this coaching staff, these these opponents they're going to see, these crowds they're going to play at, can only help you as a player, and that you know trickles down and, and helps the Indiana Pacers just as much as it helps Tyrese. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome experience. I'm I'm excited for him. I think a lot of Pacer fans still have PTSD from the Paul George broken leg incident. 
just got to have all the positive vibes that Tyrese does not get hurt during this. But, uh, you know, if he does, he does. It's just part of uh, what comes with it. But at the same time, you just don't want to wish on anybody. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We going to need a mop. Smooth. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.